Chapter 56 of Barney the Vampire. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Barney the Vampire, Volume 1 by Thomas Prescott Prest. Chapter 56 The Warning, The New Plan of Operation, The Insulting Message from Varney. So much of the night had been consumed in these operations that by the time they were over and the three personages who lay upon the floor of what might be called the haunted chamber of Bannerworth Hall, even had they now been disposed to seek repose, would have had a short time to do so before the daylight would have streamed in upon them and roused them to the bustle of waking existence. It may be well believed that a vast amount of surprise came over the three persons in that chamber at the last little circumstance that had occurred in connection with the night's proceedings. There was nothing which had preceded that that did not resemble a genuine attack upon the premises, but about the last mysterious appearance, with its curious light, there was quite enough to bother the Admiral and Jack Pringle to a considerable effect. Whatever might be the effect upon Mr. Chillingworth, whose profession better enabled him to comprehend chemically what would produce effects that, no doubt, astonished them amazingly. What with his intoxication and the violent exercise he had taken, Jack was again thoroughly prostrate, while the Admiral could not have looked more astonished had the evil one himself appeared in purpurea persona and given him notice to quit the premises. He was, however, the first to speak, and the words he spoke were addressed to Jack, to whom he said, "'Jack, you lubber, what do you think of all that?' Jack, however, was too far gone even to say, "'Aye, aye, sir,' and Mr. Chillingworth, slowly getting himself up to his feet, approached the Admiral. "'It's hard to say so much, Admiral Bell,' he said, "'but it strikes me that whatever object this Sir Francis Varney, of Varney the Vampire, has in coming into Banworth Hall, it is, at all events, of sufficient importance to induce him to go any length, and not to let even a life to stand in the way of its accomplishment.' "'Well, it seems so,' said the Admiral, "'for I'll be hanged if I can make head or tail of the fellow. "'If we value our personal safety, "'we shall hesitate to continue a perilous adventure, "'which I think can end only in defeat, if not in death.' "'But we don't value our personal safety,' said the Admiral. "'We've got into the adventure, "'and I don't see why we shouldn't carry it out. "'It may be growing a little serious, but what of that?' For the sake of that young girl, Flora Bannerworth, as well as for the sake of my nephew, Charles Holland, I will see the end of this affair, let it be what it may. But mind you, Mr. Chillingworth, if one man chooses to go upon a desperate service, that's no reason why he should ask another to do so. I understand you, said Mr. Chillingworth, but having commenced the adventure with you, I am not the man to desert you in it. We have committed a great mistake. A mistake? How? Why, we ought to have watched outside the house instead of within it. There can be no doubt that if we had lain in wait in the garden, we should have been in a better position to have accomplished our object. Well, I don't know, Doctor, but it seems to me that if Jack Pringle hadn't made such a fool of himself, we should have managed very well, and I don't know how he came to behave in the manner he did. Nor I, said Mr. Chillingworth, but at all events, so far as the results go, it is quite clear that any further watching in this house for the appearance of Sir Francis Varney will now be in vain. He has nothing to do now but to keep quiet until we are tired out, a fact concerning which he can easily obtain information, and then he immediately, without trouble, walks into the premises to his own satisfaction. But what the deuce can he want upon the premises? That question, Admiral, induces me to think that we have made another mistake. We ought not to have attempted to surprise Sir Francis Varney in coming into Bannerworth Hall, but to catch him as he came out. 
"'Well, there's something in that,' said the Admiral. "'This is a pretty night's business, to be sure. "'However, it can't be helped. "'It's done, and there's an end of it. "'And now, as the morning is near at hand, "'I certainly must confess I should like to get some breakfast, "'although I don't like that we should all leave the house together.' "'Why?' said Mr. Chillingworth. "'As we have now no secret to keep with regard to our being here, "'because the principal person we wish to keep it from is aware of it, "'I think we cannot do better than send at once for Henry Bannerworth, "'tell him of the non-success of the effort we have made in his behalf, "'and admit him at once into our consultation of what is next to be done.' "'Agreed, agreed. I think that without troubling him we might have captured this Varney. "'But that's over now, and as soon as Jack Pringle chooses to wake up again, "'I'll send him to the Bannerworths with a message.' "'Aye, aye, sir,' said Jack suddenly. "'All's right.' "'Why, you vagabond?' said the Admiral. "'I do believe you've been shamming.' "'Shamming what? Being drunk, to be sure.' "'Law couldn't do it,' said Jack. "'I'll just tell you how it was. "'I wakened up and found myself shut in somewhere, "'and as I couldn't get out of the door, "'I thought I'd try the window, "'and there I did get out. "'Well, perhaps I wasn't quite the thing, "'but I sees two people in the garden "'a-looking up at this here room, "'and to be sure I thought it was you and the doctor.' "'Well, it weren't no business of mine to interfere, "'so I seed one of you climb up the balcony, as I thought, "'and then, after which, came down head over heels with such a run "'that I thought you must have broken your neck. "'Well, after that, you fired a couple of shots in, "'and then after that I made sure it was you, Admiral.' "'And what made you make sure of that? "'Why, because you scuttled away like an empty tar-barrel in full tide.' "'Confound you, you scoundrel!' "'Well, then,' confound you if it comes to that i thought i was doing you good service and that the enemy was here when all the while it turned out as you was and the enemy wasn't and the enemy was outside and you wasn't but who threw such a confounded lot of things into the room why i did of course i had but one pistol and when i fired that off i was forced to make up a broadside with what i could was there ever such a stupid said the admiral "'Doctor, doctor, you talked of us making two mistakes, "'but you forgot a third and worse one still, "'and that was the bringing such a lubbery son of a sea-cook "'into the place as this fellow.' "'You're another,' said Jack, "'and you knows it.' "'Well, well,' said Mr. Chillingworth, "'it's no use continuing it, Admiral. "'Jack in his way did, I dare say, what he considered for the best. "'I wish he'd do, then, what he considers for the worst next time. "'Perhaps I may,' said Jack, "'and then you will be served out above a bit.' "'What would become of you? I wonder if it wasn't for me. "'I'm as good a mother to you, you knows that, you old babby.' "'Come, come, Admiral,' said Mr. Chillingworth. "'Come down to the garden gate. "'It is now just upon daybreak, and the probability is that we shall not be long there "'before we see some of the country people, "'who will get us anything we require in the shape of refreshment. "'And as for Jack, he seems quite sufficiently recovered now to go to the Bannerworths.' "'Oh, I can go,' said Jack. "'As for that, the only thing as puts me out of the way is the want of something to drink. "'My constitution won't stand what they call temperance living, or nothing with the chill off.' "'Go at once,' said the Admiral, "'and tell Mr. Henry Bannerworth that we are here, "'but do not tell him before his sister or his mother. "'If you meet anybody on the road, send them here with a cargo of victuals. "'It strikes me that a good, comfortable breakfast wouldn't be at all amiss, Doctor.' "'How rapidly the day dawns,' remarked Mr. Chillingworth, as he walked into the balcony from whence Varney the vampire had attempted to make good his entrance to the hall. Just as he spoke, and before Jack Pringle could get halfway over to the garden gate, there came a tremendous ring at the bell which was suspended over it. A view of that gate could not be commanded from the window of the haunted apartment, so that they could not see who it was that demanded admission. 
As Jack Pringle was going down at any rate, they saw no necessity for personal interference, and he proved that there was not, by presently returning with a note which he said had been thrown over the gate by a lad, who then scampered off with all the speed he could make. The note exteriorly was well got up, and had all the appearance of great care having been bestowed upon its folding and sealing. It was duly addressed to Admiral Bell Bannerworth Hall, and the word immediate was written at one corner. The Admiral, after looking at it for some time with great wonder, came at last to the conclusion that probably to open it would be the shortest way of arriving at a knowledge of who had sent it, and he accordingly did so. The note was as follows. My dear sir, feeling assured that you cannot be surrounded with those means and appliances for comfort in the hall, in its now deserted condition, which you have a right to expect, and so eminently deserve, I flatter myself that I shall receive an answer in the affirmative, when I request the favour of your company to breakfast, as well as that of your learned friend, Mr. Chillingworth. In consequence of a little accident which occurred last evening to my own residence, I am, ad interim, until the county build it up for me again, staying at a house called Walmsley Lodge, where I shall expect you with all the impatience of one soliciting an honour, and hoping that it will be conferred upon him. I trust that any little difference of opinion on other subjects will not interfere to prevent the harmony of our morning's meal together. Believe me to be, my dear sir, with the greatest possible consideration, your very obedient, humble servant, Francis Varney. The Admiral gasped again and looked at Mr. Chillingworth, and then at the note, and then at Mr. Chillingworth again as if he was perfectly bewildered. That's about the coolest piece of business, says Mr. Chillingworth, that ever I heard of. Hang me, said the Admiral, if I shan't like the fellow at last. It is cool, and I like it because it is cool. Where's my hat? Where's my stick? What are you going to do? Accept his invitation, to be sure, and breakfast with him. And, my learned friend, as he calls you, I hope you'll come likewise. I'll take the fellow at his word, by fair means or by foul. I'll know what he wants here, and why he persecutes this family, for whom I have an attachment, and what hand he has in the disappearance of my nephew, Charles Holland. For as sure as there's a heaven above us, he's at the bottom of that affair. Where is this Walmsley Lodge? just in the neighbourhood, but... Come on, then, come on. But really, Admiral, you don't mean to say you'll breakfast with... A vampire? Yes, I would, and will, and mean to do so. Here, Jack, you needn't go to Mr. Bannerworth's yet. Come, my learned friend, let's take time by the forelock. End of chapter 56